Hello, everybody. Welcome to. I'm talking here. Oh. Now that was a good one. That was quite good. The Pit and Yongo would be very proud. I'm sure she would. So, uh, welcome to. I'm 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 talking yes. here just in case you didn't hear that. I'm talking uh, it. Yeah, I'm Aaron Day. I'm Rob Brent, and here's Adam. Adam. Hello. Now he's only about four meters, well, not even that. He's a meter <laughs> away from the from the phone, and yet still attempts to sound like he's down but, the end of a tunnel. Just to make sure everyone knows my presence. So. Welcome to the I'm Talking Here film podcast, uh, episode number four. Hey. Just to give you a little rundown of what this episode is going to be about. Um, so we are today going to be looking at home invasion films uh, and we're going to be sort of picking our favourites. Um, we're also going to be doing a review of the new Jordan Peele film, Us. Uh, and we're going to do it as both of a, as a non-spoiler review and then we're going to take a quick interlude and then uh, me and, and Rob are going to do a full-blown spoiler special of it. So a doppelganger of a review, if you will. Mm. Uh, we've got The Good, The Bad and The Balron. So Adam coming with one of his uh, underrated bad movies. Um, and also just a couple of other things to let you know about. Not only are we on Anchor and Pocket Casts, but we're also on Google Podcasts. Are we? Hey. We're also on... Radio Public. Yes, we are. And we're also on Spotify. That's one I've heard of. Yeah, so um, you you can now find us on Spotify. Uh, we're also going to be setting up a Twitter handle as well. Uh, it's not been done yet, but it's if you ever want to send in any questions or let us know about the, the podcast, we will ex- happily accept uh, any feedback that you might have for us because ultimately, yeah, we do this for a love of film, but, you know, we, we do want to... We want to have listeners and we want you to join in in the, in the discussions as well. Yeah, I need to know I'm appreciated. Needy. Yes, very. It's upsetting. Let's move on. Okay, so inspired by the film Us, there is an incredible scene and that features a home invasion. So we are going to battle it out to try and decide which is the best home invasion film. And um, do we want some rules behind this? Like, what do you think of when it's home invasion film? So it doesn't necessarily have to be genre based. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a horror. Although, of course, some of the best home invasion films are within the horror genre. Yeah. Um, it it's, needs to feature a home. It definitely needs to feature yeah. some sort of home or dwelling that could be deemed as a home. And I'd say that has to be a main portion of the film. So it's not just that there's. There's a little bit of home invasion for five minutes and then it goes off elsewhere. It's really built around home invasion. It has, yeah, it has to be a significant portion of yeah. the film or a or a, a crucial set piece, okay. like with the film Us. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't all contain within within that family home, mm-hmm. but the, the 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 plot is driven by that first home invasion that occurs. Lovely. Right. So yeah, let's go for it. You know I'll I'll go first. Then. You make a start. I Give think, us a home invasion film. Uh, don't breathe. Right. Have I have not seen this. I have heard both great and ludicrous things about this film. Really? Talk to us about it, Rob. So, don't breathe. It's quite good in the sense of that actually the main characters you're following are the ones who are breaking into the house. Yep. And things flip 
quite quickly mm. um, with the, the person who's actually the occupant of the house. So it's, uh, it's this blind man. And again, like with any home invasion, because that's pretty much the majority of the film, you don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But just in that film, like the beginning, when they're in and they realise this and then they can't, they, they can't escape from this house, mm. um, it's, it gives you that tense feeling that you should get from a home invasion. It subverts the genre uh, to the other way around and you start to slowly reveal secrets about this main character there. Mm-hmm. And that definitely, I think, had me tense throughout the film, um, which with some home invasion, you can kind of have a lull. Yeah. Um, but don't breathe. Um Absolutely amazing. I think it's Fede Alvarez who did the Evil Dead remake as well. Yeah. Which I was... Uh, Evil Dead, would that be a home invasion? Yeah, I guess in, in much in the same way that you could say... I, I, I personally think that the original Night of the Living Dead is a home yes. invasion film. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's... Even though it's it's not the home of the protagonist. It's not like they're, but it's it's something that they go to as yeah, it's the centerpiece. It's the centerpiece, yeah. and and the zombies are invade trying to invade into the house where these survivors are. That's a good one, actually. That's, that's so really it's a little bit it's a little bit left field, perhaps. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I mean, you could very easily say you can very easily say Home Alone, yes. the home invasion yeah. film, yeah. Um, and in fact, it's it's one of the. It's, you could even say it's, it's one of the most important home invasion films as well. Yeah. And it's a great introduction to that idea of... Uh, it, it flips the idea of the horror of having something that you would usually deem as something that is a safe haven, as a paradise, as something that is being invaded by a horrific being. And actually flips it on its head completely in the sense that it actually helps Macaulay Culkin's character to have a sense of empowerment mm. The home becomes his environment. It's his games. It's his his terrain, and and the wet bandits are just pawns <laughs> in his in his dastardly tricks. Yeah, Adam, what about yourself? Me. Two of mine have been said already. Okay, don't breathe in home alone. Right. Uh, I'll I'll try to look for more left field ones. because yeah. I feel like you'll definitely have more the uh, like horror stereotype ones. Yeah, maybe. Down. Uh, I went for small soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Because when, How's it home t- t- tell us about small soldiers first. Well, basically, <laughs> it's about these like toy soldiers. Yeah. That come to life, and there's like two rival uh, toys. Yeah. And they're fighting each other, and I would say this is a home invasion because where does the main fight at the end take place? In a home. In the home. Actually, in the- and also, we say the toys have basically because they buy the toys for the kids. And then they became like sentient. Mm. So I would say it is. They have invaded the home in that sense. It's, I mean, I loved but, it as a kid. It was on the TV the other day, though, and I, I don't think it's a very good film. Do you know? I haven't seen it for ages, man. I remember <laughs> as a kid, it was brilliant. But Adam, is the, is the home being invaded? I would say it is being kind invaded. Of, they kind of do. Because that okay. first bit. Because definitely that... the toys are definitely... It's like a Trojan horse. They look like <laughs> toys that you play with, but then they end up being killing machines. Okay. Okay. Have you got another one? Bro? I've got another one. And it kind of goes back to, um, I think Home Alone was definitely an inspiration for this film. Yeah. And it's Your Next. Yes. Yes. Love so it. Your Next stands off, it starts off as just this, you know, you think it's just a standard home invasion. Everything's set up. Um, the first kill is, is quite shocking to come through, but you'd think, 
yes, I, I know what's going on here. I kind of know. It's, it's, it starts with an absolute joel. You yeah. know, it, you, it's, it sets itself up as effectively as an awkward family drama. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, siblings who have sibling rivalries amongst them bring their respective others to mm-hmm. the family home for yep. a family sort of gathering together. Uh, I can't remember the, what it is that they're celebrating or commemorating. But it's as well that you can kind of see at the beginning, you think, oh, well, there's the relationship there that's yeah. going to develop. Um, I don't really want to spoil what happened during that dinner, but then it kicks into overdrive and already you're thinking, oh, brilliant, this will be a really good version of a home invasion. But then again, there's another point later down in the film that really then just flips things on its head. It it goes from zero to ten yeah. within the moment of a split second. Yes. There is a there is a moment involving an arrow yes. that that just turns the whole thing completely on its head and it becomes a, a, a story about survival yeah. right in that moment, doesn't it? Well, it's, I'd say piano wire used incredibly effectively. Yep, and, and a blender. best use of a blender. And a blender. Just that one. Great a use blender. of a blender. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Brain Dead had, had a good blender scene, but I think your next just... I couldn't believe it when that happened. I'd agree with that. Um, Sticking with the horror genre, Mm -hmm. I would also say that uh, Scream. Yeah, Yeah. does Scream come up? Does Scream... Think think in terms of uh, those first sort of 10 minutes with Drew Barrymore. I wouldn't say it was... Home Invasion. I wouldn't... Because you see... One of the most famous scenes within sort of postmodern horror. It's a scene though. It's not a film. But it's a set piece... And it, think, if you notice as well that the vast majority of the murders that take place in Scream occur mm. within within the safe haven of the home. But I think what's great in terms of with home invasion films is when it's it, it centralises that location and really then explores what can be done with that. Yeah. I think Scream, yes, it has great moments using this home invasion okay. idea, but really there could be more ex- explored within it and it's... Um, it's the difficulty almost to, if you've just got that one set and how do you keep things interesting okay fair enough another one I'll, I'll, re- I'll remove I'll, re- <laughs> I'll remove screen. I'll remove Scream off the table then that's fair uh, I'll just glance at your notes and yeah. I think I've got one I say I like go on and you've made a note next to it it's uh, Funny Games yeah I hate that film oh this is, I've, actually, I've got this on I hate, I hate Funny Games and not and not because it's not a well made film or anything like that Michael Haneke is a very accomplished director. He he made a film called The White Ribbon, uh, which is a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, and he also made another film called uh, Cachet, which is about watching and about sort of long shot views. And that's a brilliant film. Funny Games feels like a lecture on why I should not be watching horror films. It makes me feel like I should be ashamed of myself for watching horror movies. I, I don't know. I, I feel that adds to it. I think I haven't. I haven't seen his other films. Mm, I can't yeah. say it. Um, Funny Games for me. I hadn't seen that sort of direct being talked talk to. Um, I spe- I mean, everyone knows. I think the the big scene, which which does just um, completely break down this idea. Yeah. Go on, describe it. Describe the scene. So you have where the, is it Nicole Kidman and Tim Roth? Yes. Are you talking I, about the American version? The American, no, oh, Naomi, okay. Naomi Watts, is it? Yeah. The, the two couple, yeah. they basically win. They, they kill uh, Michael Pitt. Yeah. And the other guy, I can't remember his name, and you think, brilliant, they're out of it. Um, until, uh, oh, they don't kill Michael Pitt because he picks up a remote control, control. and rewinds the film. 
Yeah. Which I, I think would that be the split for you when you decide you hated it? Because no, it's the bit where the they, it's the bit where the characters talk directly to the camera. I see. I like, oh, that. I like say, that. Oh, you, oh, you. They are. Sect- I'm paraphrasing here, but they're effectively talking to the lines of, "Oh, why, why are you watching this? Mm-hmm. Why are you enjoying this? Why yeah. are you?" And it's like, don't. That's a that's a clear directorial directorial choice. He's not doing that to be meta. He's not doing that to be. He's doing that as a as a lecture on why is it that people enjoy watching horror films, and it's like, who are you to tell me? <laughs> you might well be an you might well be an accomplished international director, but who are you to tell me what I should and shouldn't like? As long as what I'm watching isn't isn't hurting people or anything like that. Horror is one of the great movie genres. And I think that to to make someone feel rubbish about themselves because they're choosing to watch a horror movie is frankly a... Adam used a word last week. To, I can't remember what film he was describing in terms of it being pretentious. Funny Games is one of the most pretentious, self-aggrandizing movies I've ever watched in my life. I hate <laughs> that film. I hate it with a passion. But, Go away, <laughs> Michael Haneke, just for that one film, and then come back for all of your others, because they're men. That one in particular can just... Yeah, it just... Don't give me... Don't give me a lecture on what I should and shouldn't be watching. But can I say that adds to the characters? Because you meant uh, the um, twins... Mm. Because you're meant to think they are, you're not meant to like them and be horrible people. And they're like criticizing you. It uh, shows that they have a superiority co- superiority complex that they are better, and they're criticizing why I, you should watch it. Yeah, I, I didn't get the the anger from it. I, no. The more I like the idea that actually you then had no control, and that that was the whole thing of because they had one up constantly. Mm-hmm. There was there was no had to other win. alternative. So actually, I've never read it like in terms of saying I shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. It it definitely counts as a home invasion film. Yeah, it yeah. definitely does. I don't think does. we can have it as the best one though. I would veto it so badly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, however, <laughs> um, do I talk about a good one? Go for it. Go on. Have you got one? Uh, have you got one? Yes, I would like to talk about them. It's a okay. low budget French horror film about a a, a couple who who have to deal with a home invasion and the French uh, do seem to know how to do great great horror movies particularly with home invasion both of them and another film called Switchblade Romance are both great home invasion movies um and if you haven't seen them I'd, I'd highly recommend them they are uh I'm not going to tell you who the antagonists were in the film then because that would spoil a lot um but with Switchblade Romance, again, I can't really talk about the antagonist in that one as well. It, but both, both know how to do nasty in a not in a not in a sort of a gratuitous way. Well, actually, Switchblade Romance is really <laughs> it's very very bloody. Um, but both of those films are great home invasion movies from from French cinema. I, right. I haven't seen either. No, that's fine. So. I would recommend them. Lovely. Yeah, I'll get them on the list. <laughs> Next. Uh, uh, I, I I was looking at Hush. Not seen it. I like so it. The reason I watched Hush is Mike Flanagan. Is, she, uh, is the is the protagonist death, death yes. in it, right? Um, okay. So Haunting of Hill House 
I think was one of the best TV shows from last year. So that sent us on to watch um, other stuff that he'd done. Hush mm. was one. Gerald's Game was another one. Have you seen <gasps> Gerald's, Gerald's Game? Gerald's Game is a home invasion film. Can we have Gerald's Game? You oh, yeah. definitely can. Yeah, thinking. without yeah. a doubt. Um, right, describe Gerald's Game. Oh, we're going Gerald's Game then. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so Gerald's Game starts with a, a couple that are trying to build up their marriage again. Um, and This is a Netflix exclusive. Yeah, film, the husband yeah. wants to use handcuffs, so he ends up handcuffing uh, the lead woman to the bed and then suffers a heart attack, yeah. which leaves her then stranded on the bed. And when I was reading it through, I was just thinking, sure, this is going to be boring. Like, how, how can this be good? She's going to be in, in one location throughout pretty much the film. Um, but knowing the stuff that he'd done with uh, Hill House, I was more than happy to, to watch it. And I'd say um, degloving. Um. Yep, that's definitely a word. You, there is a degloving moment in Gerald's game. I, I don't often have um, that reaction of being, I don't know, when you, when you see something truly bloody and you sort of cringe and stuff, but th- that was unreal. What, what makes that particular scene work is that actually the vast majority of the film is not particularly gruesome no. in any way no. or or holds a lot of attention to injury or mm. injury detail. And when that moment comes along of the degloving, it does pack a real punch. Oh, yeah. um, well, I tell you what, what I like in terms of it, and I suppose this is the same with Hush, I feel like he approaches things and he, he looks at the character that he's got. Mm. He's, he looks at the central character, what they're going through and how can that be replicated in what's going on, and I think that's that's fantastic. Because mm. again, Hush, I thought Hush, I think it was about halfway through. I was thinking, oh, has he got enough creativity here? Mm. Like, am I going to get a bit bored? And then it started to do some really interesting things, mm. like nothing spectacular, nothing massive, but just that really worked with the film, really worked with the character, uh, and created just this this really good contained film. And I'd say that the sort of the idea of flashes before your eyes um, was really well used, really effective. Um, I think it's a fantastic example of a good home invasion film. Okay, can I throw another one in? Yeah, go for it. Panic Room. Panic Room, yes. So, uh, Panic Room, uh, Jodie Foster, uh, Kristen Stewart when she was very young, uh, Jay Leno when he was uh, a young whippersnapper as well. Um, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, um, and directed by David Fincher, um, of a a mother and daughter um, who have a panic room in their house, um, some burglars, robbers invade the home. They move the, the the mother and the daughter move into the 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 panic room, shut the doors, and then try and and then it's the, then it's effectively a cat and mouse game between the robbers and the and the mother and daughter. And I think that's a really effective home invasion film as well. It's a thriller uh-huh. more so than a horror. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it's quite. Because there's lots of quite funny moments in it, especially the, the burglars work quite well together. Yeah, but they're, on, on some occasions they 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 do show their humanity. They're yeah. not they're not like masked killers. They're not um, they are they make mistakes. They yeah. bungle things up sometimes, particularly. Um, I, did I say Jay Leno? Before? You did say Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> I meant I meant to say I meant to say Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> two very different, two very different people. I'm so sorry, Jared Leto, <laughs> if you're listening, um, and Jay Leno. Jay uh, Leno's probably like, yeah. <laughs> I never looked so young. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did enjoy. I, I enjoyed Panic Room the first time I watched it. Um, I would also put in there. Now, have either of you seen the film Green Room? 
Our mate of can you explain, yeah, explain what it is? Green Room is about a young indie or sort of like punk band who have, you have seen, right? The, got the it's like neo Nazis. Yeah, so yes. they get asked they get asked to play a gig at a neo Nazi club. Um, and they go to the green room backstage afterwards um, and through some sheer points of misluck, misluck, um, bad luck, yeah. uh, they then find themselves effectively contained within the green room and if they try and get out, they are probably going to get killed how's that a home invasion well from what i remember I it's yeah it, it's because it's not it's not a home you 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 associate <laughs> the green room as somewhere where it, it is safe you know it, it's your space before you go out right. and perform and things like that so it, it's it is a left field choice to say mm. the least but it is um it is about people trying to invade a personal space in a very gratuitous way i have a bit of a left field one go Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you are you saying that she Rob, invades, she invades the home. that Mrs. Doubtfire invades the family home? She does. Right. Imagine in real life. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> see, you get divorced. You want to see your kids. Your first thought is, I'll dress as a maid <laughs> and work there. That is incredibly creepy. Right? Yeah. It's played for comedy, but that is so, so weird that that man thinks, let me dress up as an old Irish woman. You know how on YouTube they have made, you know, the, the film The Shining? Yeah. And you know how they've made, they've made trailers to make The Shining look like a, like a, like a family drama instead of a horror film. Yeah, you Maybe you could do the opposite oh. with Mrs. Doubtfire. It, it, it's already there. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, you never... No, I watched it. Yeah, there's a horror cut of Mrs. Doubtfire. It's ah, perfect. But it's, and does it does it get in in that fake trailer? Does it get yeah. made as a like a home yes. invasion film? Yeah, it's, what, ah. but if you think actually, yeah, you've got a house, you've got a masked individual <laughs> who don't. Yeah, you, it, it works. That's what you have in Home Invasion. And okay. there's some there's some sort of threat there. There's some mm. sort of peril. Like, She's a, quite terrified. There's a reason why they took the kids away from him because yeah. clearly. Unhinged, right? It wouldn't be the first thing you'd think of doing, <laughs> would it? Yeah, I feel like just stalking them would be less creepy than I dressing don't know. as a woman. Any opportunity for me to stick a frock on? I'm in. <laughs> what divorce your wife? <laughs> you, you don't need that as an excuse. If you want to do it, just do it. <laughs> if I can stick a penny on Adam, I will. Right. So, so uh, right. Let's let's make, a, let's make a decision. Right. Okay. Uh, so, um. Surely we've got to put Home Alone in there. Yes. Oh, yeah. I just think that's too. Okay. Honest. I tell you what. You put your three in, Rob. I'm gonna. You're next. Yeah. Uh, don't breathe and yep. funny games. Right. No, I joke. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> don't breathe. You're next and hush. I'll okay. Go. I will go. Yeah. I will go. Night of the Living Dead. Did you say you didn't say Home Alone? Did you? No. No. I'm gonna go Night of the Living Dead, Home Alone, and them. Right. I'll probably go home alone. Yeah. Don't breathe. And uh, funny games. Are we allowed to repeat? Yeah. Oh, so well, in that we'll, case, we'll in that we'll case, I would say, I, I would say, I would say, you're next. Yeah. Uh, home alone. Night yeah. of the Living Dead. So what's yours? You've got, and you've got, don't breathe in there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's either don't breathe or you're next. 
You've not seen Don't Breathe. No, no I've not seen you've your You've not seen your next. You need to watch them and they'll have a conclusive mm. answer. I'd, I'd look, I'd, I think out of those, I'd go your next. Okay. I've seen, I've seen both of them, so your right. next. So congratulations, your next. <laughs> you have been voted by the I'm Talking Here film podcast as the best home invasion film. Uh, congratulations. Your award is in the post. So this is the first of two parts in regards to our Us review. Uh, Us is the brand new film uh, from master horror director Jordan Peele. Uh, it stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker. And it's a film about duality and doppelgangers. Um, we're going to obviously go into a bit of the plot in our non-spoiler review, first of all. So we'll talk about sort of the main things, but we won't, we're not going to go into too much detail um, at anything other than beyond what perhaps you would see in the trailer or certain features elsewhere. Our second part after the interlude is then going to be our full-blown spoiler review. But first of all, uh, between myself and Rob on this occasion, Adam's not joining us because he's not seen the film yet and we didn't want to spoil it for him. So, Rob, over to you. Tell us a little bit about the film and tell us your first initial thoughts. I'm going to try my best to stay within non-spoiler. Yeah. So I suppose before going in, I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. The only thing I knew was Doppelgangers, which I think is quite obvious from the title. Um, I'd seen Get Out, so I think I had very high expectations of the film. Mm. Um, very much liked uh, the way it started. I, I liked... And that opening scene mm-hmm. is very good. Um, at the fairground. At the fairground. Yeah, can, can I say, say, say yeah, that? I'm sure like, the level of spoilers. Of course you can say that. At yeah. the fairground, very well shot. Like, yeah. Very, very good opening to it. Um, completely on board. The, uh, the the music kicks in and I was there. I, I'd say the film had me, uh, it was about halfway through mm. where I started to lose my interest. Okay. Lose my faith in the film so the the film is about a um uh, a woman called adelaide mm-hmm. who her her and her family go away to santa cruz um you you witness something uh, like a childhood trauma at the beginning of her film yes um which takes place in santa cruz yeah. and then her and her family go back to santa cruz many years later um and what then in turn occurs is that she is then uh, invaded by so a, a, a doppelganger, but the thing is, is that that's in the that trailer. In the tra- I've yeah, not yeah. seen the trailer, so I don't so know. So that's what to all go right. Into. And so this this counterpart of herself, you know, suddenly comes into her life in in a very invasive way. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was like you. I tried to see as little of this as possible yeah. before going in, yeah. um, mainly because I had seen very little of Get Out. And I realised to myself, actually, that's probably the best way to go into a Jordan Peele film. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I mean, I'd say yeah. if that much was in the trailer, actually, that I might have not not enjoyed it um, even less, even more. So without spoiling too much, you, you're saying that you kind of lost your buy-in into it yeah. about halfway through. Without yeah. without saying too much, without spoiling too much, what what what... What was it I'd, for you that I'd lost say the buy-in? I'd quite liked. Um, well, the focus was very much on Addie to yeah. begin with. The, the family dynamic was really good. 
It was there's there's quite good humour in there, quite quite funny bits. Mm. Uh, it makes you th- sing. I've got five on it over and over again. Yeah, all these elements were really good, mm. and you get to the home invasion bit. Really, really good. I love my horror. That's really well done. And I think from that point, I suppose it starts to open out. Mm. And I think it opens out too much. It gets too big. I'd have much rather had a more focused take on it. Um, I yeah. quite, I quite like the fact that it went again without without spoiling too much. It it goes to a far grander scale than what you yeah. anticipate it being. And I th- the thing is, it is it is horror pretty much all the way through because other than obviously those very clever comedic moments, especially a brilliant moment <laughs> involving like a, a, a an Amazon Echo mm. style uh, Alexa device. Top which, character. Which is, yeah, <laughs> which is brilliant. Um, there, there are, it is pretty much an intense horror for for the most part uh, mixed with thriller i it's a but it's a film about horrific ideas that's yeah. the way i look at it it's less a it's less a horror in terms of a direct full blown popcorn eating horror movie and more about horror ideas and i think that's adventurous i i do get that in terms of with the ideas coming through um i think with a lot of films i rate it um if I've noticed within a film, oh my goodness, I'm bored, I want this to finish, yeah. um, is often then a big indication where all of a sudden I think, oh, well, why? Because I was really engaged with it. Yeah. And the, the closest I can do is to when it started opening out so much, yeah. I think you could have got the same ideas and the same theme without needing to, to open as big. Mm. And I, all that horror aspect after the home invasion it kind of went. I wasn't really scared i wasn't really tense and it, yeah. it just it, it lost me as a film I, I was no longer there with it and i suppose then I, yeah i went into more analysis mode which i i would i would say the third act hmm. is definitely the part where you are either fully in or that's when you start to lose it yeah. that's when you start to lose the the buy-in to the film yeah but i do think that the third that third act does venture into places which you probably weren't anticipating and it ventures on a far more adventurous scale than perhaps what you weren't anticipating either. I think I was anticipating something similar. Mm. I feel like what you get is a bit disappointing. It's it's not as... Like, I I wanted it to be really weird. Like, Get Out has a really weird turn that I wasn't expecting that I fully loved. And yes, it, it... it's often a hindrance to apply that then to another film, mm. um, which did have those moments in, but actually those, those just unravel the film completely for me. But do you not think, though, that... that and obviously we'll explore this more in the spoiler yeah, aspect of this. Um, we'll do this for a couple more minutes. <laughs> but do you not think, though, that great horror movies do encourage... Great films in general, maybe not just great horror movies, but just great films in general, mm-hmm. do encourage discussion afterwards like for me I, I went and saw this by myself yeah and i wish i hadn't because i had nobody to talk to about it <laughs> until right now until right, okay. this podcast and i wanted to talk about it i wanted to discuss the the motifs the the symbolic nature of some of the scenes mm-hmm. the 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 general sort of themes that could quite easily be explored especially within that third act of the film and 
it reminded me very much in terms of in terms of films that you want to sort of talk about afterwards i would put it in there with the likes of the sixth sense i would put it in there with really? the likes of yeah in terms of it, it, it encourages discussion afterwards put it in there with get out put it in there with I know it's not a horror film, but put it in there with like The Matrix. Mm-hmm. It's a film that that encourages and actually rewards discussion, and it's a film that rewards certainly multiple viewings. Yeah, but but the the difference is, and this has probably come through more spoiler stuff. Like The Matrix, you have the opening with Trinity, and you have mm. like where um, she leaps up in the air and she like flies through, and then she disappears when she's on the phone, and all these questions they get a good answer underneath it all that, right. that completely works and doesn't take away from the film um, that, that doesn't work on that level. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, completely. There's amazing shots in it, but I, I couldn't help thinking it's trying too hard. It, like I felt like he knew he had this amazing film with Get Out, wasn't really expecting it. I knew he had to follow up with something. I kind of wish he hadn't tried to have you know, put in a, a big weird idea or or a twist or all these elements and kind of stripped it back. I'd have been more surprised to actually have that, a more personal story. Yeah. And I still think he could have done a great job of it and then come back maybe in a third film and put the the wacky ideas. But I get that that's sort of his... I feel like that's going to be his thing, which I don't know down the line where that might become a bit gimmicky. It might be like you're waiting for yeah, this I hope weird he, twist. I hope he doesn't go down a route where... It's like M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, you, that's I, my I hope fear. I don't. Yeah, just <laughs> twist for twist sake because yeah. that's his auteur signature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we can in this part definitely talk about Lupita Nyong'o. Oh my god! Um, yes. I, I, okay. I, I think she is absolutely outstanding in this film, and I think she is. It's actually, I'd say the acting. Yeah, um, I don't have a fault with. Yeah, I think the acting is spot on. The kids mm. are fantastic as well. The, yep. the daughter is brilliant. Yeah, like, definitely stand out. Like her doppelganger is so well, creepy and yeah. so uh, captures that idea of almost predatorial. Yes. Yeah. And I think as well, it, it'd be very easy to get confused between the doppelgangers. Yeah. And I think what adds the horror is you can tell it's them. But they are acting very differently. It's not that straight, that straight switch of just a mirror image of them. Mm. Um, does does a really good job in terms of acting. Yeah, I'd completely praise the acting. And I, I would say go and see it. It's not like I'm mm. saying don't watch it because I think it's got very interesting ideas. Yeah, I just wouldn't rave about it. I wouldn't. Okay, yeah. so that leads us on very nicely before we move on to the spoiler part of yeah. this film, right? Uh, in 15 years time are people going to consider this film a classic no it'll be get out if, if you're talking in terms of Jordan Peele it'll be all get out uh, see I I think that there are yeah. there are parts of us uh-huh. I think what it is there's parts of us that were more effective than parts of get out but overall as a, as a whole piece I do think get out is a more accomplished film I mm. think us is better at it's better at allowing you to go away and conjure up your own sort of terrifying visions and terrifying ideas of what this world has become Mm. and i like the fact that it's it's a it's a film that i think will be analyzed in in film studies courses for years to come as well as a as a as a as a not just as a genre piece as an ideas piece 
I do. I think no. people will still be talking about it in a very positive way in 15 years' time. Yeah, I wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to move on to the spoiler um, section now. So immediately after this interlude, if you haven't seen the film Us, then do not listen to the next sort of eight to ten minutes um, because it will be spoiler-tastic. So as you've heard from this spoiler-free review of us is that I was far more fonder of Jordan Peele's latest than what Rob was. Um, but this next part, we're now going to really explore the film. We're going to talk about our own sort of theories. We're going to talk about our own sort of ideas and understanding of what the film is about and what it means. Um, we're also going to delve more into why we had such different mm. opinions of the film as well. Rob, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so we'll start off gentle. So the twist at the end was ridiculous. That's a, a okay. big sticking point. Okay, so let's 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 establish this context, first of all. Yeah, okay. So Sorry. in the first ten minutes of the film, young Adelaide, who's maybe ten, eleven yeah, years nine, old, nine, right? Um, she's with her family. She's um, with her mum and dad. She. Um, walks away from them. She goes down into this weird little um, vision quest. Find yourself. Yeah. Um, Hall of Mirrors thing. And when she's down there, she sees a version of herself. A a living, embodying version of herself. I mean, really good. When she smacked the mirror, it made Hannah, I went to see it with, completely jump, which was hilarious to see. And then really effective that then she realised the reflection that she thought it was wasn't wasn't moving and yeah there, there you go there's your big horror and the little girl's face like that yeah. acting amazing yeah in that like, blue light oh just beautiful so they, they didn't yeah they didn't need that as a twist so it turns so it turns out that the ultimate ultimate sort of twist right at the very end of the film is the realization that the adelaide that you have been watching all along is actually the the doppelganger that has come from this uh, underground um, labyrinth <laughs> And I think the thing that Rob is probably finding most ridiculous is this whole concept of this underground labyrinth. No, no, right. It's not the concept of the tethered. I like that as an idea. I just feel like there's too much in it that doesn't work. And there's there's rules that aren't really established and and played with. So that, like when you're saying in terms of you can discuss this through, um, something I like, I suppose... You very much like ideas and the themes yeah. and symbolism and stuff. I like to actually discuss, well, how does this work? How would this realistically work? And I left the film just thinking, no, it doesn't work. Like, completely doesn't work. You get you get a play in terms of the scene with the fairground, seeing it through the tethered, which are meant to mirror the people at the top. Yeah, like they the do mirror. experiment didn't really work, so yeah. they're kind of this more monstrous version. But they're all in the same clothes, so even stuff like that suggests that... There's more at play there that are actually taken on this level. But yeah. the fact that the government would just be like, oh, no, it's a failed experiment. We'll just leave them down there. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like it's too messy in in, in terms of that reveal as to what the tethered are. And there would there could be much cooler ideas as to but do you not, steal them do you not, their life. But the, but the tethered mm. wouldn't have had this uprising had it not been for the switch. The fact that... Adelaide, the actual Adelaide, not the copy version, you know, gets, you know, and that's the reason why she has that weird voice as well, because she gets choked because of the trauma. Definitely, absolutely fine. But why don't you just come out and say, 
Oh, you switch places. Why don't you just do it straight away? Why don't you just come out of the underground? Because that escalator is one way. It's a down escalator. I've seen people go down escalator. It's a downward escalator only. Well, how did anyone get out? How did Addy get out when she went down at the end? Yeah, but she's scuppered by a down escalator. Don't forget, though, Rob. There's many tunnels of which nobody (laughs) knows any purpose for them whatsoever. So all of a sudden, thousands of miles of unknown tunnels. (laughs) So, so would she then know that? Like I think going then anyway to the beach. Like if you knew you'd switch for that person, it was a it was the chance that they would come back. If you yeah. went back to that beach, you wouldn't then fall into the thing of the the dad being like, "Oh, but the kids really want to go to the beach." You'd be like, "Yeah, I get that, but I'm not going for it because I've done this awful thing." I think it largely depends on how <laughs> how what what is the smallest hill that you're willing to die on in regards to. What is what is it that is going to pull you out of a film? And I can totally understand why why there has been a reaction to that third and final act in regards to well, okay, so this is a the reason why there's all these carbon copies of people that have come out from the underground. Mm. Um, why is it that they're all wearing the same clothes? Why are they all wearing the? Why are they all carrying, walking around carrying scissors if they've got nothing down there but just their their beds and rabbits to eat? <laughs> By the way, if you're listening to this <laughs> and you've stupid. never watched the film, yeah, you, you should not be because it's a very it's a complex film to dissect. Not complex in the sense that it's complicated, but it's complex in the sense that it's got lots of symbolism, lots of different ideas going on. And I do think that the... Yeah, if you if you, if you you keep thinking to yourself, well, how do they all get the same uniform? How do they all get the same weapons with these scissors? You, I think you... I can understandably, you will justifiably pull yourself out of the realism of the film. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as nitpicky as... As, as I'm not saying you're nitpicky. I'm not saying you're nitpicky. No, but it's kind of the... I don't know, I like the main concept to at least work. So elements where they did... Um, like with the... It's the boy where he puts his arms up and walks backwards, which then seems to be able to control the other boy to walk yeah. back into the fire. Into the fire, yeah. Suggests... There's just... It's very confusing as to what that actually suggests with the tethered. And I feel like... I feel like it was forced for a twist... Like it was, a lot of stuff was put in place to have that twist of them switching places. Yeah. And I would have actually preferred, preferred if we didn't see that at all, if that could have been a discussion point as to who was who, or even you saw um, the fall of... of so you're Abby. actually saying you would have preferred more ambiguity. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Ah. Like actually having that twist to, to force it in then forces you to think of, Right, well, this has to align up with this for that twist to actually work in mm. the first place. Whereas if that wasn't shown, you can then still discuss through where you have, like, um, uh, Deckard. Is he a, repli- a replicant or not? Like, yeah. you, you have that alive and you, you have things to, to pull apart there. Did you mention the spinning top um, in Inception? Yes. Yeah. With spin- uh, uh, Michael Caine's in that scene, isn't it? So it's been confirmed that that's oh, reality. Oh, I right, okay. It's the, now the common thing. Yeah. Like Deckard is a replicant. We're spoiling a lot of other Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so it's elements like that. And I, I, there's just a part of me that feels like there could have been a, a cooler element to the tethered mm. than we got. And I, I just feel like that was because it's forcing that twist. And actually... I think you'd get the same sort of themes, the same sort of ideas, yeah. without having that twist be a part of of the film. I okay. think that's much more exciting. 
I and I'd maybe liked it more. I think if I didn't see that. So there are there are three scenes for me yeah. that I felt really really worked yeah. and and were terrific in terms of the the mood that they were trying that that he would that Jordan Peele was trying to sort of uh, convey yeah. in terms of pushing the story along and I think in terms of sort of cinematography. Yeah. So the second home invasion involving yes. the uh, the. Quite unquite, the the privileged sort of white yeah. family, yeah. I thought was was really cleverly done. Yes. I thought that was brilliant. I think the very first time when you have the um, Adelaide's doppelganger family standing it's on the driveway, yeah, and Excellent. it's this, and it's the it's that single little sort of clap and kind of and they depart, and yeah. it's like the idea of them team working together yeah. as a as a you know, being very predatorial. I think was was brilliant. Um. I also thought the, I loved, and I know you didn't like it very much, but I loved the dance slash fight yeah. scene in the underground as well. I thought that was really cleverly done. And I think actually that is what, for me, I sort of went, okay, yeah, well, actually, is this the point where we're going to start to see the Adelaide that we've been watching all along actually showcase those more animalistic features? Mm-hmm. And it's actually... When when that final twist comes at the end, when Jason start Jason, who's Adelaide's sort of younger son, starts to maybe get an inkling that his mum is not who he thinks she is. Um that that for me, that whole section is really clever because what it actually does is it makes you realise has Adelaide been protecting her family from these doppelgangers for this whole film? To, yeah. to protect her family or is she doing it to protect herself and protect the secret of the fact that she is actually of the underground mm-hmm. and I think those those three scenes for me really really worked yeah but there wasn't enough in to, to just about I, yeah, yeah. I, let's say yeah definitely I quite like the beach scene at the beginning yeah because that was the thing I was all on board for it and that home invasion scene absolutely amazing yeah I was ready for it as soon as they split off I was like yes here we go yeah um, but then Red had so much dialogue to get through that her voice went from being scary <laughs> scary to a bit it's <laughs> a bit silly and it was it was kind of like I know Jordan Peele plays with genre and there was still the humour there. So I was like, am I meant to be... I, I was confused about how it was actually meant to be or, or what the film wanted from me that I just think I completely detached. Just so you know, yeah. the next Halloween party that you go to, <laughs> you're going to have somebody there doing that voice, wearing a red boiler suit, hopefully not blacking themselves up because no, that would be really not. awkward. But they will. They'll be doing that. They'll they'll have the full the glove on, yeah. the scissors, the lot, and they'll do the voice all evening whilst they're drinking their punch. You yeah, know, but they were really scared. The, mm. like, the privileged family, the twins who got replaced there. Yeah. They were really scary. The, yeah. um, the, the mum, when she's got the scissors to her face or something well yeah I think she was going to do a face off yeah. before she got interrupted because the 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 real versions of those two characters Elizabeth Moss's character is actually kind of jealous of yeah. Adelaide's sort of young looks yeah. and actually it looks as if the doppelganger version is also somewhat envious of of the you know of Red's yeah. looks and so she was willing to actually sort of take her face away to sort of re- do like a, a, face a, a, a face-off, a replacement, <laughs> a face transplant, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I I think this is a film about I Get Out was so clearly about liberal racism. Yeah, and and Jordan Piller said so that it's 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 you know it's that is that that is it's, its key sort of theme, and I think with this one, even though he hasn't been so obvious in in stating it. I very much think this is about privilege. Mm-hmm. I think it's a film about the overground and the other. Mm-hmm. This idea that there is some sort of shadow version of ourselves yeah. that is... And that's true because actually you and I could... You know, one false move in our respective lives and we could be homeless. We could be um, the forgotten. We could be the abandoned. Yeah. And it's actually realizing that we are very privileged people, and it's and we are our own worst enemies, and that we should not take what we have for granted. And as well, I do like the especially with Addie's character, and I'd like the idea of the switch because it then begs that question of the tethered victim of their circumstances. Mm. And actually, if you're outside of that, if you're given more opportunities. Um, like Addy obviously was much more like the other people around. You couldn't tell. So yeah. I, lo- I love the elements like that. Don't get us wrong. Um, but it's those just it's just a better work in between. It's a lovely idea. It's a great idea. I think I just wanted more from it. And um, Red giving her old villain speech of this is what we did and stuff like that. It just lost yeah, I didn't. I, there I, was there was a little too much in that third and final act. There was a little too much exposition. Well, exactly, and so even I think I'd have preferred more ambiguity. So mm. then it keeps certain things alive within, yeah. which keeps that discussion going. Yeah, um, and I'd be interested if someone watched Us first and then Get Out, because that, that's another mm. point of thinking. Because I had, I tried not to, but very high expectations. Maybe that. Uh, but that's okay to have high expectations because Get Out was so good yeah. that it's. It, I, I don't think there's an issue with going in and having high expectations of his second film. Yeah. I mean, look how high people's expectations were of Unbreakable after The Sixth Sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Great. Cool. I think that's it. The Shadows. <laughs> oh, Let's don't, go and don't eat forget. Some rabbits. <laughs> don't forget, Rob. We're Americans. <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, everything that you've been waiting for, it's time for... The Good. The Bad. And The the Baron. So, what film have we got this week? Remember, this is a film that Adam really likes. It's traditionally been seen as a rather poor film, but he feels that it is incredibly underrated. Adam, over to you. The floor is yours. This is quite a new film. Uh, just came out this year. Uh, Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Okay. It didn't actually call any pictures. Oh. But, <laughs> but Adam's still you, seen it. I would, I would like to give it like review scores, but I don't, there hasn't been many review scores in yet, so I won't give that. It's a small film called Librarian in the Rye. <laughs> the Librarian in the Rye. The Librarian in the Rye. Right. Does it... Does it does it star does it star Rob walking through wheat fields or something? Is that what it is? Like mm. Theresa May? Just... No, no. I wish okay. it did. I'd watch that. <laughs> but I think it'll appeal to you. I, I'm a librarian. Yeah. So tell us about the film. So basically, it's set in a mockumentary sort of style. Okay. Um, and in it's... the style of like what we do in the shadows. 
Uh, kind of, it's like, oh, you know, like The like Office. The, the Office. So, right. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So like The Office. Uh, it has more of the, it does include some of the surreal humour. Right. Uh, that can be found, like, What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. And other, like, Channel 4 comedies, like Brassa and IT Crowd. Okay. Sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yes, it's basically a mockumentary following a librarian and the hijinks he gets up to. And this is a very divisive film. A lot... <laughs> Yeah, it's either got like a zero or a ten, basically. Okay. That is the film so far. Um, but yeah, no actors in yet. What do you mean, no actors? <laughs> no, yet? I mean like no like well-known actors in. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And yeah. also yet, <laughs> as if as if they released a version of the film. <laughs> They're waiting for more actors to sign up for it, and then they're then going to make another version of the film. Are they going to remake or just add scenes on? <laughs> new, they're going to re- They're going to reboot the film in like six months' time. Go on. I meant like these actors. I think like could be up and coming. Like, <laughs> right? Okay, I understand. Right? What you mean. Now, some of them, I admit, the performances are pretty bad. I think there's one scene where a character directly stares into the camera and smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and smiles at it. Right. Um, but some acting is actually pretty impressive for what it is. Right. So, hold on. All you've said to us is this is the story of a librarian and his hijinks. Yes. But what actually, like, happens? Like, what's the plot? The plot basically is what happens. So... <laughs> One day, the fact that you are, <laughs> the fact that you're struggling to answer that question tells me everything I need to know about this film. So what happens is one day he goes out and he realizes he's locked himself out the library. <laughs> right. I need to get back in. Okay. But uh, same with the doors on. You know what's on latch? Yeah. Can't get back in. Yeah. So it's all about him. He has to break into his own library. Yeah. And it all spirals out of control. From there, okay. getting the police involved, getting head teachers involved, everything kind of goes downhill for this librarian. And it really does get the sense that no one likes him, but he, and he doesn't really do his job very well, but he's kind of there just doing it. Yeah. Okay. I, do you know what this film is? I haven't got a clue. Because I know what this film is. Who directed it? You know, it's this really small... <laughs> Uh, independent production. But, uh, who, who directed it? I'm not sure. Who do you think? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Is this a, is this by any chance a short film? It is. It is. It is a short film. Is it is it by any chance a film that you directed, Adam? Incorrect. It is. Oh God! <laughs> it's not even. A, it's not even a feature film. But, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to ruin your ambitions and everything, Adam. I don't. You, have you got some actors on the way then? For... Yes, yeah, so some actors <laughs> on the way. And if anyone wants to watch it, I would highly recommend it. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Right? And you know what, right? It is actually fantastic. Uh, you've but wa- you would say that you directed <laughs> it. You've watched it, haven't you? I have watched this film. Have you starred in it I, by any chance? I've, well, I do feature in the background of two shots. Not, not that I agreed to do so, but you can see me. Um, it, it's... Do you know what? It's actually got a very, very funny moment. I will give you that. It's got a funny moment. It's only 23 minutes of your life. Okay. So it's not too much. Right. Okay. Can I I just say something, right? Yes. We've been doing this feature on the podcast. This is our third week run-in. 
right? You've given us two bad films, and then as your bad movie this week, you're talking about your own film that you have directed. Did you write it? Yes. Right, that you've both written and directed. And produced and edited. And starred in. But the whole point of this feature, Adam, is that you get an opportunity to bring something to light that may have got lost in the whole sort of cinema sphere, like from many years ago, and that you're, you're kind of digging back up again. This is something that you've made within the last year. Three months. So you've taken, you've, take, you've taken this feature, and instead of it being something to do with like, like, you know, things that maybe have a bit of a cult status to them, you're now using this as a platform to promote your own <laughs> movies. April Fools! No! <laughs> is, are, you, are you legit there? Is that, did you just say that... So it is an April Fool? Well, it, there, the film does exist. The film, oh, does, the film, exist. Does, the film exist. does exist. So we're just... Right, okay. Just thought, put that in there. It's a bit of a jape. A bit of a jape. And he, you fell for it! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I'll watch it. <laughs> it's on YouTube if anyone wants to uh, find it. Librarian in the Rye. And uh, I will be sending it to Channel 4 anytime soon. Stop stop promoting your own stuff. And we have a review in. What's your review? What My review yeah. for the film. Um, I watched it. <laughs> and now it's time for our 30, recommend, 30 second recommendations before we get ourselves out of here for this podcast. We could do 30 recommendations we in could- 30 seconds. <laughs> Could you that imagine? Be, be like a machine gunning of recommendations. So I'm going to hand over to you first of all, okay. Rob. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. The film I'm going to recommend is Sing Street. I watched oh, this film yes. on a plane back from Japan where I literally had any film that I wanted to. And this was my absolute favorite film. Um, it, it's got music in there. The music from it is absolutely amazing. It tells the story of Cosmo uh, and he's, he's just his journey throughout school Ten seconds. in such a unique way. Um, it's got Maria Doyle Kennedy from uh, Orphan Black. Um, it's got Aidan Gillen from Game of Thrones. And it's just amazing. It'll leave you feeling awesome. Yeah, that, that's not too bad. You forgot the fact yes. that it involves a lot of singing. A lot of singing. And a coming-of-age film. It's so good. Yeah, I'm so adding on good. for you. In the 80s. Okay. Sorry. Yes, that's me. You ready for it? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Old Boy, (laughs) directed by Park Chang-wook, tells the story of a man who is locked up for 15 years and hasn't got a clue why he is locked up for it. After 15 years, he is released from his cell. He is given, uh, he's given cash, a mobile phone, and he's given seven days to figure out the reason why he got locked up. Otherwise, he gets murdered. It is one of the most brilliant films I've ever watched in my life. Done. Good. Okay. You ready, Balron? Yes. Got yours? Ready? I'm going to put you on a timer here. Three, two, one, go. I'd like to recommend Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch is a David Cronenberg film. I could recommend so many David Cronenberg films. I probably will in the future. This one, let's say the better... It's basically an acid trip for the eyes. you still got 15 seconds. It uh, has Peter Weller from Robocop fame. And really, this is better than Robocop. This is just so mental, bizarre, weird, creepy. And if you come out knowing what's going on, you are weird as well. 
Oh, I I knew. Did you really know what was going on? I think so. <laughs> I just typed it into Google and I've got no <laughs> idea what's going on. I, 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 I think David Cronenberg is one of the greatest directors yeah. ever, full is, stop. Is it his version he, of E.T.? So he made... He he did a film a few years ago with uh, Viggo Mortensen called mm. A History of Violence. Oh yes, yeah, and, that's and, good. and that we could do an entire podcast based on David Cronenberg we films, should. and maybe we will do later on down the line. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for listening to us this week. We really hope that you've had a good time. Um, please do go and catch us because it's definitely a recommendation from both myself and from and Rob Brent here. Um, it just leaves us to say, Rob. Goodbye. No, the catchphrase. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking here. No, you're not. (laughs) No, what am I doing? This looks like the sequel to The Shape of Water. (laughs) But you're still talking about Naked Lunch. Goodbye. No. (laughs) I'm leaving here. There it is. Thanks, everybody.